Hi, Creepers. This is Unexplained Oregon, a podcast with two best friends talking about all things creepy, the unexplained, and the missing in the Pacific Northwest. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unexplained Oregon. You can also email us at unexplainedoregon at gmail.com. We love our listeners' suggestions, and we love hearing from you. That reminds me, if you're a friend of the podcast and you want more people to find out about us, can you take a minute to go on Apple Podcast and give us a good rating? We appreciate that. Kim and I talk about real-life intense subjects on this podcast that could be disturbing to some listeners. We also use bad language. As always, be mindful and take care of yourselves. And here we go. Okay, we're back. We're here for the second half of the house on Perrydale. Yes, we are. And what a ride it's been already. And we still have more to talk about as this is sort of um, evolves into, you know, this is a 10 year, a story that spans over 10 years. So there's a lot of information that's happened or a lot of things that happen um, and we're, we're at, you know, pretty scary part of it now, Kim. Yes, we definitely are. We're at the point where, um, you know, throughout this experience in the home, Angie is struggling with this power that she's had and she knows she needs to regain this power, you know, back to face whatever is going on in her property. And it's, proving to be very difficult because on top of, you know, all this activity happening in the home, it's causing her to lose sleep. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you and I both know that when a mama doesn't get her sleep, it's, it's very dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, when you're sleep deprived, you know, it, you can't function well, you can't, you know, sleep is restorative so we need we need it in order to kind of um cope with things to work our jobs to be you know take care of things so she's she's not sleeping she's not sleeping and then on top of it one of the reasons why is she starts to have uh nightmares and she describes the specific nightmare and it um is surrounded around I, I'm just going to say it, a witch. Like, it's this witch, um, and she describes her as looking like the girl from The Ring, right? Yes. Okay, yep. so that right there is terrifying. So the long hair. Um, and so Angie uh, describes this terrifying dream she has one night uh, about this witch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know... Like we said, it. she's, I can picture her too, like that, you know, that witch or the creepy lady from the ring coming wanna, up and I out think of her it. name was Samara or it was something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Ring. Yeah. Uh, so she's dealing with no sleep and then nightmares about this witch. And there's, you know, noises that kind of come with it, like crackling and. Yeah. She has this dream and then really. I, uh, feels like the witch in the dream is at the property, which is Mm -hmm. terrifying. And there's different signs that start to happen, uh, around the property now. Yeah. Um, She feels like the witch is located on the property, correct? Correct. And also they are kind of feeling like the witch is tied into the used tarot deck that we talked about. Okay. I told her what happened with the tarot cards and my dream. And I said, this woman, I mean, I swear to God, she's got to be a witch, but she's just got long black hair. She's over by the studio all the time. Like, I don't want to walk over there. And Sean was like, oh, my God. She's like, I felt, I heard cackling. And I would hear cackling, too, sometimes, but I just didn't know. I mean, I'm out in the country. And she said, you know, sister, I've... 
I've had this feeling of like this darkness of this major darkness coming over the house. And, and then I just started bawling. I'm like, it's like an umbrella and I can see it too. And I feel like if they touch, I'm going to be fucked. So we have, um, you know, these correlations going on, the nightmare, and then, you know, the feelings that she's having around the property. She's experiencing and hearing things now. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, she was scared at night and pretty much, like, scared all the time. She would also hear things like tapping on the walls. Uh, also... You know, throughout this whole time of living there, they've had this thing up on their roof every night as well. So that's happening. Noises from the top of their roof. She knows she needs help. She knows she needs to shut thing this off, right? Like she needs to be able to sleep. She needs to be able to feel comfortable in her home and that her kids are safe, her family is safe. And she's, yeah, like you said, looking to take her power back. And, and in this time, she's accessing... Again, like resources from other people that she trusts. She's trying to g learn about what she can do. Right. Um, she knows that she needs to cleanse the property, right? At one point through all of this, someone told me I needed to cleanse the property, and I didn't. You know, like most people, you get kind of busy, and you're trying to sort of live your life. And so I feel like she kind of put off doing that right and then this is the strangest part of the story one of the strangest parts she uh is doing a job and she's in um klamath falls oregon and you know had had sort of a a couple of things happen to her on her drive that day to this job that she was doing and was trying to piece together some some things that she had seen that she felt were kind of signs of something. And I just finished doing them and I walked out of the bank and there's a man there who's clearly Native American and I smile and he says, why haven't you cleansed your property? And he was dressed in, you know, he had a button up shirt on and some jeans and boots and a cowboy hat. I mean, he wasn't anything special. It was obvious that he lives their like reservation wherever that is in Klamath Falls and I just stopped dead in my tracks and was kind of shitting myself again like right there and tears started to roll down my face and I was like excuse me and he says you he put his hands on my shoulders and he says you have been told to clean your property and you haven't done it and your daughter can't make that go away on her own she so she walks out of the bank she sees this man and he says to her why haven't you cleansed your property? And then he also says to her, your daughter cannot do this on her own. And Angie was standing there in shock because she has been telling Maddie, you know, she knows that her daughter has these gifts like she does, right? Her daughter mm -hmm. has this amazing power and she's been telling her daughter, you need, you have the power to help here and, and, and battle this. You need to do this. And so I think when the indigenous man says to her, your daughter can't do it on her own, it shocked her. She said that she was in tears standing yes. there with this complete stranger she had never seen before, never has seen since. And so shocked that she just let him walk away. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, did you scream, who are you? Like, did you get his phone number? But um, she was stunned. She was stunned and in shock. And I think scared at that point because he had told her, uh, you know, your daughter can't do it on her own. And up until this point, she's trying to battle this. She's burning sage. She's doing what she can. She's using her crystals. She's meditating. She's... she's uh accessing help from people that she can trust or she's exactly. gathering as much information as she can telling um, her daughter you need to do this too but i think at that point she realizes oh wow you know this is bigger than us here you mm -hmm. know so she goes home and and that day you know it's before dinner 
Um, it's still light outside because keep in mind, Angie is very much afraid of the dark. You know, it kind of has been an issue, I think, her whole life, mm-hmm. especially now. So it's not dark yet, but she is determined now to cleanse the property. Uh, and this was using cedar. And she calls on all of her her protection and she kind of lists her different um, guardians and mm-hmm. spirit guides. And her she has, I think, four specific supports that she called on using cedar from the property she does you know she does her best that day with the advice from you know the stranger which obviously really hit home for her and she walks through the whole property and she releases the witch yeah that day and actually ends up feeling like the property is lighter for a couple months things start to get better Mm -hmm. after this Here's Angie again explaining the cleansing. And I met her. I didn't see her, but I felt her up in the trees and released her with a lot of love. And it was, I I don't know how to describe that feeling because it went from, I'm not afraid of you and I fucking love you and you don't have to stay here anymore. Like you get to go. Nothing is tying you here anymore. Like I release you with all the love that I can muster in my heart. And it was confusion from her, like, what the hell? Like, I haven't felt anything like that in a long time. And she left. And I'm walking around the other side of the house, like, because I just went all the way around. And the side of the house that was the kids' room, where Maddie would hear footsteps, she thought. Um, I saw the shadow on that side of the house. I I was met with major resistance from a male... Um, entity that I actually had to stand in front of my son's windows and like refuse him entry like you you've been told you're not welcome here I'm done with you fucking with people with love in my heart get the fuck off my property like no more you know he left and as I walked back into my backyard I'd gone all the way around and I put the the branch back in the fire pit and my little sister Sarah came walking around the side of the house and I was like, what are you doing here? And she says, I don't know. I went to Thunderbird to get toilet paper and all of a sudden I was pulling into your driveway. I didn't even stop at Thunderbird. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm releasing whatever's on this fucking property. And so together we finished the prayer that I said, this is the prayer I'm doing Native American. And we did it together. And, you know, just we release everything that's left and we both look up and there's like fucking 15 eagles flying over the top of us. I shit you not. And I'm so glad that I have witnesses because it was the most beautiful thing that I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've never seen eagles fly in a herd. They weren't in any kind of formation. They were just all together and flying over the top. And we were both just in total awe. And of course I took that as, oh my God, like the gods have heard us. The creator just fucking heard us and shit's going to be okay here. And then things were really good for a while couple months. couple months. And so this friend helps her complete this cleansing process that day. And then they witness some pretty amazing things afterwards that helps her feel like she had done the right thing and kind of feel some relief. Meanwhile, just to keep in mind, as they move forward, there's still some tension happening in the house, right? And primarily, it seems to be like around the master bedroom, Right. There's always, and we're going to talk, keep talking about the master bedroom there, seems to be sort of the portal or the epicenter of like these events. Um, so after, you know, this conflict happens one night in the house, the master bedroom is vacant. Mm-hmm. And Angie does not go in there any longer. She keeps the door shut and will not go in there because now no one is living in there and the room is empty or it's supposed to be, right? Yes, and she made it a point to always have that door shut. Mm-hmm. Even though no one was in there, currently living in there, they were still hearing things in there. You could hear pounding on the walls and you could hear like people moving around in there. And, you know, at the same time, keep in mind that Angie was having her own experiences and working on her own things. But her daughter was also living in the home 
and experiencing and working through her development of her. Yes. And we've talked a little bit about how it was exciting for her daughter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it, was, it was very exciting for her to get a used Kentaro deck. And, yeah. You know, there was no fear there. Absolutely. At all. So, yeah. So, in the house, Angie's doing something. You know, she now realizes, I am one. I am, you know, the adult that has more skills and abilities that I'm giving myself credit for because I haven't been able to develop them yet. I need to be the one in charge of this cleansing. I need to take my, learn how to take my power back. And in unison, her daughter is also learning about her power and maybe even the power of like calling things in without realizing because she's not scared. She's not scared. Things kind of start to get bad again. And so within a few days after this family conflict, Angie is literally saging the house again, like for a, a week every day, lots of saging. And it would help for a little bit, but then it would get bad again. I can't even imagine. I'm trying to imagine like the whispers and the pounding and the, uh, you know, the things on the roof and like. Exactly. When do you come complacent with all this activity going on and just like learn to live with it? Or like, do you, she's constantly, I feel like in this battle with this home, with these spirits. Absolutely. Even when she goes to sleep at night, she's in battle. Right. When she goes to sleep, even if she can. She's doing her best to sage uh, and learning even the right way to sage, which I didn't know there was like a right way or a wrong way. I've been just like smoking things in my house (laughs) and like, you know, saying a few things. I know I probably have never done it right. I didn't know that your windows need to be open when you're doing it. Exactly. Or maybe there's multiple, like you use the uh, sage and then you also use the Pillows, I don't know wood. enough about it, but I know there's a sage that you shouldn't use. Yeah. That, um, that should only be used by indigenous. So. Yes. And we have appropriated a lot of this in our society. We, really we like, want to be careful. And I were just at a rock store and they had little bundles you could buy, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what you're. I'm sure a lot of people buy those things and have good intentions. And that's exactly what Angie was trying to do. She had these intentions to cleanse and, and, and use, you know, her positive energy to gain her power back, but it really didn't help. She explains how it would kind of mask it for a couple days. So even then she was probably feeling okay, you know, and Mm -hmm. trying to function. What's interesting is shortly after all of this, Angie has a day where she has contacted um, by several people in her life throughout the day and, you know, letting her know that they're thinking about her, but they felt like they needed to let her know, you know, something's up. (laughs) That's really strange. Like, let's think about that. When was the last time you had three different people that were pretty close to you call you and tell you something specific? They told her that they were drawn to her, that they needed to warn her, Mm -hmm. and that something they felt was hanging over the property. Mm -hmm. Like, they all specifically had that to say, that they all felt like they had to warn her. Yeah, there was a dream that occurred with her mom, uh, specifically, and Patty was there this day for the recording, so she shared um, a little bit about the dream, Uh, and another friend said that she felt like there was like a dark cloud over Angie's property. And that wasn't usual for that property. Like the friend said that she felt like there was just something coming towards her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, we just had gotten a new employee at work and we were, I was showing him one of the coast runs that I did. And we started chit chatting that morning on the way to the coast. And I'd only known him for like two weeks and he mentioned, you know, I, this is going to sound really crazy, but I had a dream last night. And when I woke up, like, I know it was about you. And I was told to warn you. And I was like, what? Like you freak, you know, like you're crazy. 
And he said it was just a black mist that's around you and and I don't know what it wants, but I was told to warn you. And I'm like, okay, that's weird because he doesn't know what's been going on at the house. Mm-hmm. It's not shit that you share with, you know, I'm living in a haunted house all of a sudden. And then I got home from work and as I was driving home, I was driving home from work that same night, a girlfriend of mine called and said, are you okay? And I said, yeah. And she said, can I come see you when you get home tonight? I just need to see that you're okay. And I said, of course you can. And I got home, and while waiting for her, I was in one of my kick rooms, and a friend of mine said, can I talk to you privately for a minute? And this is all within just like an eight-hour day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah. So we went into a private room, and he said, I had a dream last night that there's this dark cloud coming towards you, and and I needed to tell you to prepare yourself, whatever that means. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, now I get a little teary, and I start to tell him about my friend and uh and his dream and then my girlfriend showed up and so, then I had to right so we <laughs> stopped like I got off kick and I'm on the front porch and she just said you know normally when I turn down your road like your house is like this big white bright beacon of light and she's like it's not it's not that bright it's there's something cloudy or gloomy and I was like huh and then my mom called and she's like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, well, my friend's over right now. Can I call you when she leaves? And she's like, yes, but just make sure you call. So she stayed till pretty late. And I called you back at like 9 o'clock that night. And you had had a dream. Do you want to share the dream? I can't now? remember exactly what it was, but it was to warn you that something was permeating your energy at the house. And I needed to warn you that it was coming. What about the dream that Patty shared? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that because it's fascinating part of her story, we feel. Um, Angie has, you know, keep in mind, she's very in tune with her mom and her sisters. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're really in tune with each other, mm-hmm. I feel like. And... Yeah, I'm not this in tune with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was, and then mine died, and she hasn't shown herself. So Patty has this dream, you know, and it's a specific dream. And what's strange about this is after she had this dream, she did not tell Angie specifics about the dream because she didn't want to scare Angie, right? Which is really nice of her. Exactly. So she's like, I do feel like I need to warn her But I'm not going to go into specifics here. And she went into specifics a little with us about the dream. And in this dream, Patty sees uh, what we're just going to describe here as the hat man. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about what the hat man is. Because it's actually a phenomenon that other people experience. I mean, they specifically called it the man in the hat. Exactly. And at the time, Patty didn't know in the dream, right? She has this dream. And in the dream, the man had a second kind of soul with him. I, I don't know if it was a, a being, a being mm-hmm. with him that um, didn't feel wholesome, right? Like, nothing yeah. good was coming from the hat man and his being mm-hmm. that he was there to collect their soul almost like it, they to drain them mm-hmm. really of life is yeah really. apparently the man hat travels it's a pair so there's always something with the man in the hat the hat man whatever we learned a lot about this we did and it was like what well, we have so much more to learn about yes. the hat man so again she doesn't tell angie specifics about this dream it ends up coming out later on, and unbeknownst to Patty, Angie has been having a recurring dream since she was a child of a man in a hat. And when her mom describes the man that she sees in the dream, Angie immediately connects it with this soul that has been visiting her since she was a child and periodically throughout her life in yeah. the dream. The man in the hat has a name too, do you remember? I told you it. I don't remember his name. The Collector. The Collector. Because he's a collector of souls, basically. And from what the research that I've done and from what I understand, like he 
he'll fight with somebody that has gifts until they give up and give him, like, you can have it, take it, leave me alone. And so let's just go into a little bit about what, you know, the hat man is, because this is actually a scary phenomenon that happens. The hat man uh, is a phenomenon in which witnesses report seeing a shadowy entity dressed in an old top hat on some occasions and on others he's wearing like a fedora hat so he always has this hat on Mm -hmm. and usually when people see him he has a shadow over his face and Mm -hmm. red eyes Mm -hmm. creepy very creepy but what's creepy about our story is angie's always seen the hat man's face oh fuck (laughs) and She's sitting there explaining this, you know, and I'm terrified. Yeah. And I immediately go to Poltergeist 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if you haven't seen Poltergeist 2, movie from the late 80s, I want to say late 80s on that one, um, there is a reverend <laughs> ghost in that movie that has a top hat, and Angie describes his face being like, the guy in Poltergeist 2. So creepy. Terrifying. Like with a Quaker hat and and all the clothes. like Exactly. So the hat man acts like a ghost in someone's dream and is almost always seen there just standing there. This form can simply fade in, until the witness no longer sees it and has no apparent reaction to people. So, you, I mean, could you imagine... Unlike a ghost, though, who might have visible facial features, the hat man usually is shadowy in the dark in his entire entity with no details. This is definitely... Angie has more details when mm-hmm. she when she has her experiences with a hat man, even on this plane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we want to just do a quick little side note. We... You know, we can picture the the character from Poltergeist. I can, like, envision all that. So my my mind went straight to, and if you haven't listened to our one of our last episodes, this Halloween book that we, my kids had growing up, and there is a picture in my mind of this scarecrow or this man in it, and he's got just this smile, and he's got a hat on, and... That's where my mind went. Exactly. So we left our taping with Angie and Christine brings up this book (laughs) that she had as a child that was on your mom's Mm -hmm. bookcase. And Mm -hmm. now and then you passed it on to your kids, which I think is awesome. So if you haven't heard that story, it was go back and we released it around Halloween. Halloween, And we specifically released that because it reminded us of the man in the hat. Of the man in the hat. And it's a creepy... I had never heard of that story. I had never seen it. And it was creepy. The book? Yeah. I know. I know. And I don't know why we made that... Why I made that connection. But that's the picture. And maybe we'll post a picture of, of the specific face in the book. It just reminded me of, you know, maybe what this what this soul collector looked like you know that that Angie had been experiencing uh I mean maybe maybe as you're listening right now maybe you have an image that comes to mind I don't think it was an accident that I imagined the the book the man in the hat you know or the hat man many of us have heard about this phenomena uh Angie didn't know about it being a phenomena for anyone like she was stunned to find that out I think from us when we were talking she was stunned to find out that other people Mm -hmm. have the same experience with the hat man yeah and she uh says that she's only had two experiences in this plane specifically with seeing him so now this isn't a dream there have been two specific times that she has seen him in real life once when she was 15 Mm -hmm. and I will let you know she very much specifically said these were times when she was sober Mm -hmm. as well uh the second time that she saw him 
was very unexpectedly, she was driving her vehicle and happened to look over and she made eye contact with him and he was just casually walking across like she was kind of crossing over an overpass, looks over, catches his eye, makes eye contact with him. He's got his hat on and everything. Doesn't he smile at her I think he smiled at her. Like literally... Can you imagine just doing doing your thing? You're driving by Target. You look over. Well, first off, I'd be in Target. Exactly. I wouldn't be driving by Target. I'd just be in there. But yeah, you'd be pulling in. Pulling in. She didn't. She She's driving. She happens to look over for whatever reason. And there he is in real life. And walking, makes eye contact with her, and smiles. I, I don't. I would have wrecked my car. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. It's like, huh? I fully believe she saw him though walking. The way absolutely. she describes it, um, I I just believe she saw him walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is now becoming aware more aware right as these people are like warning her in her life of of some danger coming or she's making connections with the man in the hat she's hearing the um the rat the rat sounds on the roof Mm -hmm. is picking up every night she explains hearing it running on the roof Mm -hmm. up there so she has a couple people who offer to come over and and kind of do a little bit of something different in her house. Now they're going to do a blessing. So these are people that, two different people that align with her religious background. Mm-hmm. So she didn't go to the Catholic church, you know, like we often all see in movies. She didn't reach out to like a ghost hunting group or to a psychic. She, you know... She reaches out to two separate people that do come in Mm -hmm. um, on two separate occasions around the same time. And they do a blessing on the house and um, and on the property. Yes. It seems to help. But shit happens when they do the blessing, too. She describes some activity um, by a shed on the property that... That her and her daughter witnessed, right? Mm-hmm. What happened there? She wasn't alone. I think yeah. that's important to mention. Yeah. So she had a witness that happened right yeah. there with her when that happened. Yeah. yeah. So meanwhile, you know, during this time, her daughter Maddie had come back home. Her she had been out of town for a little while, and she came back home, and they ended up discussing everything that had kind of been going down, which was a lot, right? Yes. And. That, and Maddie was a part of the blessing and had heard the same things, right? And she's kind of like, okay, mom, I get it. Stuff's gone down, whatever. I haven't been here. I don't know, but I believe you. Okay, so she goes in shortly after she's part of this blessing. And, you know, like I said, the the master bedroom had been closed off. No one's going in there. The door's shut. Mm-hmm. So Maddie, for some reason, decides to go up to the door and puts her her ear up to the master bedroom door and she can it's creepy (laughs) she can hear pacing Uh in there like someone is inside the room and then what she describes is experiencing the feeling that that someone actually rushed up to the door yes and then what happened do you remember she knocks, right? Yeah. She knocks on the door and it knocks back. Doesn't it knock back? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I just heard what sounded like somebody was pacing at first, like in the far end of the room is what it sounded like. And then when I put my ear up to the door, they like came like rushing up to the door, like at the same time. So we were like this and I was just sitting there listening and I didn't hear anything like Nobody talked to me or anything like that, but I just felt it. I was like, okay, that was weird. And I kind of knocked on the door and I got a tap back, like obviously trying to scare me. And I was like, okay. Just having her describe how she feels it rushing up to the door and she just knows that it's just creepy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think at that point she really 
become <clears throat> becomes aware, okay, there's something Maddie does. There's something, you know, definitely going on in here that amped up during the time that she was gone. They really um, continue to sort of pursue ways to keep the house stable. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they're looking at salting the windows and learning the right kinds of salt to use to do that. Because, of course, you can't just use table salt. No. It has to be black salt, and you have to make it, right? Mm-hmm. So so you have to get the right information about what you should or could be doing. Should it be cedar? Should it be sage? Should it be Palo Alto? Should right. it be, I know I'm not saying that right. I'm probably going to have to edit this out. Should it be black salt, table salt, kosher salt? Himalayan salt. Himalayan <laughs> salt. No. I don't know how Angie did this, but she used her resourcing information gathering and figured out how to um to use the right salt and to put it in the right places so around the windows especially her children's windows outside she's saging properly correctly now Mm because she hadn't been doing correctly before so she learns a little bit more about that she's still leaning in on her support groups Mm mm-hmm um, and really leaning in on her sister, her older sister, who she's very connected with, which was cool when her describing that relationship with her because, you know, they have that relationship where they don't even really need to talk sometimes. Like her sister knows what she's going through type of thing. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have connections like this. I think we do this. But I don't know that we're, like, this connected. I don't know that I'd be, like, I feel like I have times where I know, like, if I don't hear from you, I know that you're you're going through stuff. random times where I'm thinking about you or whatever, and Mm -hmm. then you'll call. Yeah. You know, I think that's always happened with us. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is different. She's a little bit more connected spiritually with her sister. Absolutely. I also want to know that... You know, just to kind of talk about that room to the uh, the master bedroom, you know, there was, this is creepy. Maddie mentions that that room was strange also because there was always this drawing. Was it a drawing? Oh, yeah. It was like a creepy smiley, smiley face, face on the wall. Up in the corner on the wall, right? Yeah, she describes it. There was a smiley face written in, you could only like see it. In like clear glue. Yeah. So like light reflected off of it. But Every it was, once in a while. It was always there. And always. like, it was so creepy. This, again, this master bedroom was sort of the, the epicenter of things, you know. Something was in there, in that room, trying to scare them. You know, it was noises were coming from it. They could hear the pacing. Meanwhile... Remember, the dogs wouldn't go back by the back sheds for anything, right? Right. There was Um, a certain area in the property that they would not cross. Yeah. And there were whispers back there. And also, at some point, uh, they had found the overgrown area back there that, or a room back there that had this desk in there. And Angie, of course, who wouldn't do this? Pull these really cool items out if they're still salvageable. Like, how many of us have found something old and we've refurbished it, right? Yeah, it's a whole, it's a new, it's huge now. I mean, I've. Absolutely. Like, how many people have made money and grown like their, you know, their Instagram and yeah. become famous from refurbishing antiques? She brings this item into her home, this little desk. Yeah, she describes one of those cool old, like, desks, antique and desks, where she can even see, like, gouges in it where the little feet hit. Like, there's some detail in there. She's drawn to the desk because, I mean, I would be too. Absolutely. I love little old antiques like that. And I always see that stuff and think, I wish I had the eye to refurbish it, you know, but I don't so she brings it in and then she also notices around this time this energy of this little boy looking in the window and it upsets the dogs the dogs are like really upset yeah the dog imagine your dogs are just 
looking at the window barking, but there is literally nothing there. And I'm going to sit there and try to say that my dogs don't do that, but they absolutely do all the time. Like, usually, though, there is something there and I'll see like someone walking by with their dog and I'm like, how did they hear? Because, you know, dogs have amazing hearing. She says her dogs were literally just wouldn't stop. And it was causing a lot of issues, right? Yeah. And they figured out that that there was a little boy outside the window and he wanted to come in. And he was, uh, she felt like he was attached to the desk. Yeah. And that he wanted his desk back. Yeah. I mean, how many ghost stories have we watched <laughs> where someone brings something home and it's tied, you know? That Absolutely. It still has that energy tied to it, man. A lot's happened, you know. There, She's continu- continuing to get support, continuing to try to figure out how to keep her family safe and herself safe. She's still afraid to go out into the dark. You know, what they did with cleansing the property seemed to get rid of the witch. But now they know about the man in the hat and how he travels with the rat right and the rat's been on the roof and there's still you know that room there the master bedroom is still the epicenter she's now you know really gathered enough information to figure out what she needs to do Mm -hmm. and so maddie's back home now and she asks maddie to help her which makes sense to me because now they're combining right like i don't know if she specifically asked maddie to do anything other than to just be another powerful support Mm -hmm. next to her while she did what she knew she needed to do Mm -hmm. um and this was you know advice from people that she felt she could trust that on the next full moon um, she really really needed to be able to ground herself with mother earth she needed her chakras to be aligned and she really needed to draw on the love from her heart because actually the love from her heart had helped her when she cleansed the property with the cedar and got rid of the witch. So she already knew how to do this, but she really, really needed to focus this time because now she's up against the soul collector, right? Yeah. And she's mad. She's She's a mama bear. Don't fuck with me anymore. Don't fuck with my husband. Don't fuck with my kids. Yeah. When she was describing how it, she was angry because this, she had been terrorized Mm -hmm. her family had been terrorized but she's ready right she is ready to face it she's ready to face it uh and they're they're willing to fight him because right now she knows that he's he's kind of been hanging out across the street okay he's been hanging out her whole life yes in her dreams yes She waits, like I said, she's got Maddie with her. She uses all of the, Uh all the love and the light in her heart. She feels connected to the earth, aligned to her chakras. She's really pulling on her uh, mama bear side to, to conjure up her, um, strength, strength. (laughs) Thank you, Kim. Uh, and she steps into the dark for the first time and i looked up and we had a trailer back by the sheds the first because you could see all the way down to the sheds and he was standing in front of the trailer and i looked at maddie and i said don't leave the porch and i stepped into the dark for the first time in my life without a flashlight because i'm just fucking gonna protect my family Mm -hmm. and i called him out and i'm standing in the dark and i was like here i am face me face to face or get the fuck off my property and never come back. Like, I'm done. I've had enough. You cannot have my gifts. You can take them from me or you can fucking leave without them. And you're not going to fuck with my kids. And yeah. you can't have it from me unless you can take it. And I know you can't. So face me. He disappeared and I said, take your fucking rat off my fucking roof too. Not that I could see it, but we could hear it. And... He never came back. I have not had a nightmare since that day. So she's full on confronting the hat man and his uh, being that he travels with. 
she's really confronting everything on the property at this point. Absolutely. It's all really come to a head and she's pissed. She doesn't want to be terrorized anymore. And she finally feels like she has enough tools and power to do this. Mm-hmm. And what I want, what is kind of inspirational to me in this story is when she talks about battling these things with love and light. Mm-hmm. For me, I love that aspect of this story because in the end, I truly feel like love and light is where everyone should travel, right? And so it would have been so easy for her. And I think I even asked her, was it difficult to tap into that love and light even though you were in mama bear mode? You know, mm-hmm. I've been in mama bear mode to the point where I'm kind of so pissed I can't mm-hmm. come down. But um, very inspirational to me that through all these tools and all these experiences, the one key thing that she learns to fight it with is love and light. Mm-hmm. I love that. Absolutely. And then how do you do that when this is something that has been like terrorizing you or trying to maybe drive you, you know, crazy even or drive you out of your home or drive you away from your family and it had caused conflict yeah she had described a situation where she was confronting it and actually an entity had shown itself to her husband in a terrifying way and angie after that like confronted it Mm -hmm. and was like you're gonna sit there and tap on the walls for me and but you will show yourself for him like no Mm -hmm. i'm done Mm -hmm. this isn't gonna happen anymore and i'm going to i'm not i'm taking my power back Mm -hmm. and for us this was this was why we're telling this story. It's it, To me, it's inspirational. It's the creepy stuff that we love to yes. talk about, that we, we've always been drawn to. But to me, it's inspirational because even through all the creepy and evil, what how she battled it in the end was through love. Through love for herself and, and you know, love even for whatever this energy was or whatever, like just to be able to put that out there. I can't even fathom after everything she had been through. Everything she had been through and, you know, had battled it sober is so absolutely. She had, you know, had her issues with that to be there sober in a sound mind and to know that you, you know, and to, and to be able to be strong enough to hit mm-hmm. it head on And this is how she gained back her power. I think for her to know that other people had experienced things as well and that it wasn't, I mean, yes, it was bad that the people in her life were experiencing them, but also I think it it helped her to know that it wasn't just her, that this was happening to other people. Mm -hmm. Other people, you know, were seeing these things or experiencing the noises and um, you know, I think Maddie really was the other one that, that experienced it a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. And I love it that it's a story about, um, her mother and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many aspects about this story that I love. And even though it's terrifying and scary and at times, I mean, there's a lot, it was over three hours that we had taped. And so there's some of it that we're leaving out because it was just so much, well, three hours of a, ten, a span of 10 years. I mean, so much information. You know, we did end up asking her, is there, if there's anything you forgot, let us know because stuff will probably come up. And I recently, I don't know where I heard this, but for, you know, probably a podcast I listened to, but it made what just popped into my head is when the Catholic Church goes in and does like... Exercise. Yeah, So when the Catholic Church does an exorcism, you know, we see it in the movies. And I think some movies have actually tried to be a little bit more realistic with it. From what I understand, it is a process. It can take actually a long time to exorcise something out. Mm -hmm. And that to me is so interesting. Like I, that, the, the demon thing is the thing I do not mess with. I think it's the scariest thing Mm -hmm. out there. But knowing like, 
in movies and different things, we think it just gets, you know, all these things get exercised or cleansed or whatever. And like a movie, you know, two hours or an hour episode of a TV show. That's not the way it works. It's a process, apparently. And you can hear it in Angie's story that exercising these things from the property or even for her to understand what was there to begin with. And it's not just a ghost. She experienced a range of things that some came with her, some were from there, some never left. And we need to talk about what what maybe never left and what came with her when she left the property because she did leave, you know, she only left, lived there for 10 years. Right. She ended up leaving. And at the end, uh, both her and her daughter describe when the house is empty and they have their things cleared out of the home. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can, it just got chills thinking about them walking through this home and like they were They described being kind of sad to leave the home because I asked her, were you just ecstatic to leave it? And and they were both sad because it is where her kids grew up for a long time. You know, a 10-year chunk when your kids is little seems like a long time. So they were kind of sad to leave the property, but they both described uh, feeling drawn to this master bedroom and going in and both separately having uh, conversations with what was ever in that room. Mm-hmm. And uh, Angie specifically, her daughter describes like them filing in in front of her, like she had her eyes closed and they're filing in. And Angie describes, you know, being there with them and them coming in and her really sitting with them and saying, don't do this to the next person that lives here. I was strong. Like when she said, I was strong enough to handle you and I learned how to beat you, but the next person might not. I was just like in awe of her. Mm -hmm. Like she is a badass Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I think to kind of, you know, we, we really wanted to, after we lit, you know, did the interview, came back and re-listened You know, there were, like I said, there wasn't just one thing in the home. I mean, if you think about the property that we're all on has history. This property in particular, uh, I think we know has an indigenous history on it. Mm -hmm. And so she really felt that there were indigenous people tied to that property and specifically even stuck there. I think there is at least one native or indigenous person there still. Um, which would make sense that she then experienced this indigenous or native person outside the bank. Right. And, and we still don't know who that person was or where he came from. And she had never, never has seen him again. You know, she also has experienced the little boy that would peek in through the window that she felt was connected to the desk. Right. There was also a woman in the house specifically um and that's who she experienced too when she went in and finally on her last day she had the conversation with the woman that's in the house okay this did come up because i think you know throughout this time we were looking at photos and we had gotten photos of the house and we're kind of looking through the photos of the rooms to kind of see where some of these things had happened but also angie describes a period where she's taking photos of her tree for her daughter maddie because maddie was out of town the specific christmas or holiday and unbeknownst to her she's capturing a picture of something peeking in through her window you know we stood for a while it's and we have the recording of us all just looking at this picture of this thing that's cloaked you can see eyes a nose hair hair it it looks like a witch it does look like the witch from the ring Mm -hmm. it does and she's has you know she was stunned when she realized that that she had been taking pictures of this thing that was like peeking in while she's just taking pictures of her tree for her daughter the pictures she showed us were actually extraordinary Mm -hmm. for ghost pictures yeah she's experienced a lot in this house her family's experienced a lot but they're able to find closure and, you know, express 
how they felt before they left, you know, and, and find a way to, to leave and move on. And like we said, the whole time they live there, things never were quiet. Like they never got rid of everything. Yeah. Uh, the, she said the thing on the roof was there the whole time. And, uh, like I said, she really identified that it wasn't just one thing. There were multiple things happening and some things, you know, there were probably at least the little ghost children that she had brought with her, you know, from when she was 15 or whatever, you know, some things were maybe conjured or, or, you know, portal opened up through different things that maybe her daughter was doing or the tarot cards. So that's maybe how the witch got access. But the man in the hat has been there the whole time and had been there. I do think that they, they did get rid of him from what I understand. She felt, she feels that they did, which is great. But even after they left and she moved on, I think that, you know, she's going to always have things that are drawn to her and she has to be really careful with her energy. Every time she goes into public, she's really mindful of like other people's energy and what they're going through. It's really quite extraordinary that these strong entities didn't follow her into her next home, but she feels like when she had, she had closure, Mm -hmm. some kind of closure with that ceremony in the moonlight and then actually addressing them as they're in the, the master bedroom with her, mm-hmm. she, she set she, her boundaries. She set her boundaries, but I think she also felt like she was the one that needed to battle these spirits in the home. And that's what mm-hmm. she learned. It couldn't, it, it, it was too strong for her daughter to just do it on her own. They mm-hmm. really needed to come together and battle it. Like that's what she learned crazy and it was uh, it's been a ride ghost story i have ever heard she got her power back with the love with her family we really want to thank angie patty and the rest of the family that was there that day when we got to record we spent a you know, I felt like we were included in the family. Kim, you already feel like you are. Uh, yeah, anyway. I, I always feel like, I, I, I will always feel like I'm a part of this family. Nothing ever, the house never got quiet, though. Um, okay, was, so after all this. The scary stuff went away for the most part. I mean, I confronted my demons and took control of that situation, but... Other things still happened. The dogs would bark and bark and bark in the living room at the one window that it had walked through. There's always, I feel like there'll always be things in the house and attached to the house. One night I heard something, dogs are freaking out in the backyard and it's so annoying. So I've got lights on my backyard so I can see everything. And I'm peeking out and I think I see something in the grass, but there's nothing there type. And I'm seeing maybe some dark shadow-like figures, are they on the other side of the gate or are they on this side? Like, I'm not sure. So I go into Maddie's room because Ben's asleep. And I mean, full-on footprints with nothing. There was no apparition. It was just the impressions on the grass. You saw the yes. yeah. being out. And she was with me. And it was walking towards the house. That happened twice. It kind of walked like across the yard. Yeah, like from where the, from the, from from the hot tub. Like, to like the dog to, run. To the side of the house where the original master bedroom would have been right yeah and so how long did you live in the house total 10 or 11 years wow yeah yeah it seems like a lot less but it really was that that's crazy you were there for 10 years yeah yeah the little boy and the little girl aren't with me anymore when I cleared the house and cleared the property over and over and over I was not careful with my words and I made everything go I don't know if they'll ever be able to come back. Maybe I release them completely. Honestly, I have no idea. Because I was always careful with my words. I've saged my house forever. And um, we would hear footsteps on the roof. Every night I would hear it. I thought that there was raccoons in my attic. I made Ben go up and check for raccoons more than once. Maddie was hearing the footsteps on the roof as well. Um, So we had him check the attic again. And we had blown in insulation. There's nothing walking through that stuff. 
and because you can tell. Was it always at night, the footsteps? Always at night, late at night, all hours of the morning. (coughs) What do you all think happens after we die? (laughs) Mm. I think that there is eternity, eternity full of journeys out there, and we will never stop learning. Mm-hmm. And we'll go to places and have experiences, and but we'll never stop learning. I mean, I, I think that's what it's all about.